I know I've asked questions like this before, but are we the ones observing our world? Or are we the ones being watched by ghosts as intruders from an alternate world? Each day, we creep closer to the answer with real evidence from paranormal investigations and these true stories that might make you reconsider what is real and what isn't. In the Hallways, Adelaide, South Australia, circa 1990s. Deirdre was a nurse working in a very busy hospital in South Australia. It was just another regular busy afternoon shift in the operating suite of this major hospital when Deirdre caught a glimpse of a small blonde-haired boy aged about four years old. He was wearing a blue and white striped hospital gown and ran past the door of the room she was in. She paused for just a second and gave it some thought. It would be unusual at the best of times for a child to be in this area as it was the operating suites and it was generally a restricted area. The corridor where she had seen the little boy went from the operating rooms down to the staff only area and the whole suite could only be accessed using a swipe card. Deirdre went to the doorway to see if she had seen the right thing and saw the boy at the end of the short corridor. She saw him run and turn the corner towards the staff lounge. Now the staff lounge only had one way in and one way out, and there was nowhere else for the boy to go. As Deirdre started to walk towards the staff room, she heard footsteps behind her. She quickly turned around to see another nurse walking towards her. The nurse approached her and asked if she had seen a small boy running through the corridor. This second nurse explained that as the boy was in a hospital gown, that she thought it was a patient that had left one of the wards, but she couldn't quite work out which ward he had come from. Deirdre confirmed that she had indeed seen the little boy, and that he had turned the corner into the staff room. As there was nowhere else for him to go, and they would have seen the young boy leave the staff room, they walked down the rest of the corridor together to confront the little boy and find out where he was supposed to be. They both walked into the staff lounge, as she had told the nurse that's where the boy had gone. Deirdre noted that the corridor was empty, and as they walked into the lounge, there were two nurses in there having their break. Deirdre looked around the room and saw nothing out of the ordinary, and there was no boy in there. She asked the nurses on their break about it as well and they told her that neither of them had seen the boy. When Deirdre insisted, they said that she must have made a mistake, as there was no child there. Deirdre and the second nurse searched the room just to be sure, but they couldn't find him. This concerned them, as they thought there was a small, unattended patient on the loose. Together, they turned back around and headed back out into the corridor. They headed back up to the theatre area and had a look around. When they did so, they came across another staff member that was headed towards the lounge. They asked this nurse if she had seen the little boy and described him. Seeing the confused looks on their faces, this third nurse looked at them and smiled at them. She confirmed that she hadn't seen the boy, but commented to them, I see you've met our little Casper. Confused, Deirdre asked what she meant by that and the lady explained that the little boy had been seen on lots of occasions in the operating suite area, and that as he looked like a real boy, 
many staff members had gone searching for him, just as they had had that night. Apparently it was common for staff to see him go down this corridor to the staff lounge, and then no one would be able to find him again. Shocked, Deirdre confirmed that it was exactly what had just happened. This third nurse then explained that the corridor used to go through to the intensive care unit before the renovations were done some ten years earlier, and that what is now the staff lounge area was the area that had been private ICU rooms for families to say goodbye. Over the years, he had been seen by a lot of staff, but the story wasn't widely circulated, and she asked them not to say anything, as the hospital didn't like stories like this circulating. Shocked, Deirdre went back to work and continued her shift without any further incidents. It was a few weeks later, however, that she was working on a night shift, and tired, she looked at her watch. It was about midnight. Together with a colleague of hers, Deirdre was checking oxygen tanks on the theatre trolleys. They were lined up outside the theatre suite in the main corridor, and this area can't be accessed by the public. There was, however, a small alcove where the lifts were situated. They were concentrating on their job, and heard the ding of the lift and the sound of the doors opening. Now, this wasn't unusual during the day, but due to the late hour, they both looked up. Keep in mind that they couldn't see the lift doors directly from where they were. Suddenly, they saw the same small boy, wearing the same type of gown, run from around the lift area and passed straight through the frosted glass doors to the operating suite. The doors didn't open, and at any rate, they could only be accessed using a swipe card. Deirdre's colleague was totally freaked out and became hysterical. She tried to get her to calm down and go through the doors so they could rejoin the other staff, but she wouldn't go. Neither would she let Deirdre leave her alone. In the hopes of calming her colleague, she told her the story of what had happened a few weeks ago, assuring her that it was okay to go inside. All the lights were on as that area operated 24-7, and there were other staff inside the suite. Eventually, they went in together, and her colleague packed up all her things and left, but only after she insisted that they get a security guard to escort her to her car. Unfortunately, her colleague never returned to work and resigned immediately. Hi everyone. Thank you for your ongoing support and being fans of the show. I just wanted to let you all know about our website at www.chillingtruetales.com. Feel free to check it out. You can listen to all my episodes there, read about any updates, and feel free to leave a review, if that's your kind of thing. Also, if you've had a strange experience that you'd like to share, please get into contact with me and let me know all about it. I love hearing your true creepy stories. I think we all love the creepy and the strange, and that's why we're here. Ghosts, demons, UFOs, aliens, cryptids, urban legends and more. If it's creepy and weird, it has a home here. Keeping Company Florida, USA, circa 2020 Aaron lived in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and he had a good network of friends there. 
His best friend Peter lived nearby, and as the years went on, Aaron got to know the family well. He was almost considered another family member. As they grew into adulthood, his best friend Peter ended up moving away to Florida. But Aaron was so close to the family that when Peter's mother Janet passed away, he helped out in the funeral arrangements and in any way he could. Janet was cremated, and Aaron volunteered to drive the ashes to his best friend's home in Florida. When he arrived in Florida, it was a very emotional time for them both. As it had been a long trip and the family was going through a very hard time, Peter had asked Aaron to stay a few days with them. Aaron obliged and recalled that he was getting ready for bed on that first night. He prepared for bed, and as he did, he remembers that he closed the bedroom door, but then thought about locking it. He decided not to because he thought that the family dog could come into his room at night if he wanted to. The family dog loved company and loved to snuggle up with guests and family on their beds. The night went without incident. Well, almost. In the early morning, as Aaron lay on his side, he was facing the window with the door behind him. The night seemed to drag on longer than usual, but Aaron didn't mind. He thought about how hard a time the family were facing, and how poor Janet had passed away, and the impact that that would have on the family. After a while, he started thinking about the family dog, and then he heard the door open slowly. The open door sound was followed by the sound of dragging steps on the carpet towards the bed. He lay calm and still, just looking out of that window, feeling pleased that the dog was coming in to visit him. As he lay there in bed, Aaron felt the dog gently sit on the bed next to him. As he didn't want to startle the dog and potentially frighten him off, he didn't make any sudden movements. He turned to face the dog slowly, with a big warm smile on his face, in order to greet him, and to his shock, the dog wasn't there. Aaron looked closely at the door, and it was still closed. A bit confused, Aaron looked at the bed beside him, and noticed that there was a very visible dip, and the impression of someone's bottom on the blanket of the bed. Aaron now jumped out of bed startled and ran out of the room. The sun was slowly coming up over the horizon now, and so Aaron waited in the blessed light of the sunrise, in the lounge room of the house, and waited until his friend woke up. Aaron said that he would never forget that experience, and that he knew in his heart that it was his friend's mother Janet, because she dragged her feet when she walked, and that matched the sound that he had heard on that early morning in the bedroom. I would love to hear from you all about your own paranormal experiences. Our email details are at the end of the show and in the description. Who's watching? South Wentworthville, New South Wales, Australia. Early 2007. Davin and Kelly had been in a relationship for a few years. However, the relationship broke down and was at the point that it was beyond repair. The breakup was very messy and there were many unresolved issues that they needed to work through. They met up a few times to discuss the breakup and what the next steps were and oftentimes these were conversations that were quite emotional and stressful. On one particular night, it was quite late, almost midnight, 
and as nothing was open, and there was nowhere left to discuss things, the two of them sat in her car to have a private conversation. The car was parked out the front of Davin's home, and they were far enough from anywhere that they wouldn't be disturbing any of the neighbours. The conversation about what had happened, what went wrong, and what would happen next was being had. Again, Davin was getting quite fed up with the argument. Kelly was getting tired as well. At one stage of the discussion, Davin started looking out of the passenger side window of the car. And then something strange caught his eye. Something really stood out against the rest of what he was able to see, and he had to look very closely to see what it was. It appeared to be a figure of an old woman in a nightgown, standing on her porch and facing them in the car. At first he thought maybe they had disturbed the owner of the house, but then realised something even more strange. The old lady seemed to be glowing with a dull white light against the backdrop of the rest of the porch and the things around her. As soon as Davin noticed it, the figure of the old lady very slowly turned around, as if to walk back inside the doorway of the house. It moved strangely almost as if it were struggling to move, like someone who is heavy, or maybe an older person. Davin also noticed that he could not make out the torso or head of the figure as it turned away, and could only see the figure from the lower chest and down. Then he watched as the figure walked towards the doorway and walked into the house and out of his sight, straight through the closed door. The door was visible under the streetlights, but it had not been moved at all. Davin went silent for a moment, and then Kelly, noticing something was wrong, asked him, What did you see? And Davin replied, You wouldn't believe me if I told you. This show is made possible by people like you sharing their real-life experiences, so please feel free to contact me. Thanks for joining me on this creepy adventure. Until next time.